Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Best Screenplay, Eastern Europe International Movie Awards. Best Original Story, Kane's World Film Festival. Best Feature Screenplay, Halo International Film Festival. Best Feature Script, Best Action Screenplay, Top Film Awards Film Festival. Best Feature Screenplay, Golden Nugget International Film Festival. Best Screenplay, 52 Weeks Film Festival. I could go on and keep saying best, 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 but then there is an, then there's another one, Outstanding Achievement, Swedish International Film Festival. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Kevin Shuey joining me here today. Again, Bad Love Tigers. This is Bad Love Tigers. Bad Love Tigers has won those and many, many, many awards. Now, many of you have heard my interview conversation that Kevin and I have had before, but today I am so excited to have him back because this is him. This is, think about imagination and creativity and then think about, you know, writing a series of books that just kind of hold you on the edge of your seat, but so realistically. Um, Think about, young adult sci-fi, but also think about how adults are relating to this. You know, think about this longtime history buff that is able to take a journey of, you know, several young people and others. Take us back in time, but make the message so real. That's today. That's Kevin. That's our show. Kevin, congratulations. So great to have you back. Oh, Pat, it's so good to be with you. I'm so excited. to. You're just one of my favorite people, Pat. And I just, you know, I was listening to your uh, message earlier when I called into the show. And, um, you know, at the end, you tell the, the person calling in, you're like, have an epic day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm having an epic morning. Bad Love Tigers screenplay that we're visiting about right now. Just, just literally uh, an hour ago, it won its 124th international award, and it won at the Global Film Festival Awards in Los Angeles. I mean, this is a huge global festival, and it won Best Screenplay. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) oh my gosh, this is an epic morning, and here I am visiting with you. Hey, do you remember when we originally talked and I said something after reading the books and I said something to you like they've got to make a movie about this? Um, I love it when things come to life. But let's just talk about why I said that and why we're so excited about it. But why all these other folks and organizations are. I mean, yes, 
Bad Love Tigers, fantastic book, incredible story, one of several. However, there is a powerful, powerful, powerful message in this. Besides being fun, besides being entertaining, it is taking a trip back in time, but taking a trip back in time that makes the reality of that journey back in time so real and so pertinent to today's message. You know, how, how do you sit with that? You know, Kevin, what are your thoughts about that? I'm sure when you wrote this, this got downloaded to you and off you went. But people are relating to this message. Why do you think this is so? Oh, gosh. You know, I think it's because certain truths never change. Certain certain truths are immutable. Mm. And we're living in a tough time right now. I mean, we've just come out of this crazy pandemic um, we have global economic concerns. We have wars, you know, and rumors of more wars and all kinds of things uh, that just that are uh, creating doubts on the political horizon. And it's just it's a crazy world. But really, it hasn't changed. I mm. I um, you learn from the past. I. I trained with a guy named Jim Cox. God, God rest his soul. Jim has passed on now. He was director of radiation oncology at MD Anderson Hospital. And he taught us always to look at failure. He said, he said you know, all that success does is cultivate pride, and pride is no great virtue to cultivate anyway. So you learn so much more from your failures than you do from your successes. And so going back in history, it helps to teach you well, what went wrong then and what can we fix in the future to make our future better. And that's really what this whole book series does. It's a group of teenagers. <laughs> I mean, the teenagers are fixing what the adults can't figure out. And so, you know, a lot of my patients have come in, they read the book series, they're like, God, Dr. Shi, this reminds me of Stranger Things that I'm watching on, on TV, only it's you know, it doesn't have like the monsters of Stranger Things, but I mean, it has this group of teenagers that are solving the world's problems. And I think, honestly, I think that's just so refreshing. It's so refreshing. And it's so interesting to me. For those of you that um, are, are just tuning in, you know, Dr. Shuey is talking about Bad Love Tigers, but the original screenplay, all the awards. What I love, let's just talk about the year that, uh, the time machine is discovered in. So for those of you that don't know about the books, uh, what I want to say to you is you do know about how popular time travel is in our pop culture today. But I also want to say to you, extremely pop popular, it, just about as far back as you can go and think about when we started to be connected, whether it was by TV or radio, time travel has been in the forefront. It's one of the things that in our in our consciousness, we hunger for in so many ways. And there's a reason. But this starts out in an interesting year, right? I mean, these teens are, tell everybody what year these teens are from, because this is yeah, important so, to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's 1974, and they're yep. growing up in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, 
And um, Oak Ridge was basically the secret city or the city behind the fence in World War II. It was the epicenter of the Manhattan Project, the the uh, project to create the world's first atomic bomb. And so the K-25 plant was where all the plutonium was being processed for the world's first atomic bomb. So the storyline is that, you know, Roosevelt launches the uh, Manhattan Project in June of 42, but he calls uh, Einstein to the White House in October of 42, and he says, Albert, we need a backup plan to the Manhattan Project because we're worried that Hitler's going to get the atomic bomb first. And so we need a backup plan. And he commissions Einstein to build the White Hole Project, which is a usable time machine located adjacent to the K-25 plant in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And in, 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 in 1974, this group of teenagers that call themselves the Bad Love Gang, I mean, they're just a bunch of uh, misfit uh, ragtag teenagers who just happen to all have individual skill sets. They're on an adventure on their motorcycles in the woods, and they accidentally discover a tunnel that leads to the White Hole Project. And they learn how to use it. And the adventure begins. And I love that. The, so for those of you that are tuning in and saying, what is Dr. Pat talking about in 1974? Okay. So in 1974, this is me now back in time. And what are you doing if you're me back in time in 1974? Well, I'm going to let you all go ahead and Google it. Take a look at 1974. But it was a pivotal year. Um, and pivotal why? Uh Richard Nixon, who those of us before 1974 stood up, did a whole bunch of protesting. I mean, honestly, there was a protest or a march a week, whether it was for civil rights, equal rights, gay rights. It doesn't matter. It was a time where people stood up. And, you know, we're talking about the now organization, Gloria Steinem's, you know, pivotal statement when now did not want to let lesbians in and she says we're all lesbians so this is not a mistake you picked this year right i mean it kind of was pivotal in its own time wasn't it well it certainly was and it was also uh the year before i graduated from high school <laughs> and all the nine nine of these characters are based on real yeah. people and i yep. mean the world the world as you describe it was changing and I've not really thought about that, but you know something, uh, Pat, in, in, when you're being creative, things happen. Yeah. And they happen for a reason. I mean, I actually, so you know, um, in my heart of hearts, I'm a cancer specialist. I mean, yes, I, really, yes. I really major in giving uh, patients hope. And so... Um, we're we're now in another pivotal time in future in, in in our current circumstances, our current world. We're in a pivotal time. I'm not sure what that pivot is going to look like. Probably any more than you're sure of it. But we're definitely yeah. in a time of change. And um, I was uh, I was interviewed by one of the film festivals this this week, um, and uh, I was over in Europe and. They asked me, you know, can you can you give us uh, some quote about what you've 
what you've learned in all your writing. And I said, I think the quote would be that that the only constant in the world today is change and that you have to embrace change for there to be hope for the future. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for those of you just tuning in, I want to make sure you know, I'm, I'm just thrilled that, you know, I get to have this conversation now sitting where we are with Dr. Kevin uh, Shuey. First of all, it is true. And this is really what I love about this is, and you and I talked about this last time, you know, if you take a look at our backgrounds, take a look at what you do, board certified cancer specialists, private practice, radiation oncology. I mean, this, what, what do they say to us? This is like a day job, right? I mean, that's the way maybe some people would refer to what's your day job, Pat. Um, and, you know, once upon a time, I used to have a different day job. Now I don't, this is my life. This is what I love. But part of what you've learned as that person, as Dr. Kevin Shuey, you have seen what people go through. You have seen what you said in hope. I want to ask you about this. Is that a main, let me just, let me just, is that a main consciousness in the book series that you think all these awards or people that are looking and the people that are screening this, do you think that is what they're holding on for? And that is what they want to see come into action in the world? Yes, I think that it's the it's it's hope. It's these the this book series and this movie, Bad Love Tigers, mm. it it projects a sense of hope mm. born out of a group of teenagers mm. that really their minds are just open to the world. Yeah. And they're they're also a diverse group of teenagers. And honestly, it, I mean, from, from Paris, London, New York, Las Vegas, Mumbai, Hong mm. Kong, Rome. I mean, if, if, if all these people globally are reading this screenplay and giving it the best, the, you know, the best feature script, the best sci-fi screenplay, best story, there's something there. Yeah. There's, there, there has to be, you know, because you don't, you don't win this many awards globally um, without it connecting. It's connecting with cultures all over the world. Interestingly, um, this this particular screenplay has been um, accepted so strongly in India. I, I'm, mm. I'm actually very interested in. You know, why is this that in India, for example, they're loving Bad Love Tigers so mm. much? Uh, it's like there's so much for me to discover about this whole process as it continues to go forward. I just can't tell you how exciting it is, Pat. Yeah, I'm excited for it. But I want to mention to everybody Bad Love Tigers. OK, so this is book two. So for you all. There are other books, and I want to make sure you all know how to get and look and find this. You can go in and just Google Bad Love, L-O-V-E. I love the titles. Bad Love type. This is a Bad Love series, by the way. It's a sci-fi adventure series. But this particular book, I mean, I, I kind of have a sense about it from a timing perspective, Kevin. You know, Think about what's recently happened in the past couple of years in the Pentagon. 
So if you think about the fact that we are now talking about, how do I want to put it? We're now talking about unexplained things. There's never been a more popular time for the History Channel ever. You know, you have... You have, you know, Shatner coming out and doing an entire series. You have the Pentagon releasing the Pentagon papers about UFOs, right? I mean, there's so much that has risen up to the top. Almost every pop culture movie we are seeing out there now has some reference to things that we thought were being kept secret or being kept alive. But what does this book do? <laughs> so really, really, um, you know, you're you're spot on. And, you know, they taught all this is coming out about uh, the phenomenon of UFOs. I would actually just go a step further and say the reality yes. of UFOs. And because and this book. It, it takes you back to 1942. It takes you back to 42 and 45 and, and the, the start of Area 51. So Roosevelt is sending the Bad Love Gang. This, this, is, this is the screenplay. He sends, they're ambushed on New Year's Eve and they take the white hole back to visit with Roosevelt. And Roosevelt realizes these people, these guys, they know they know what they're they've they've learned how to use the machine and because they had had they they had only tried to use it once and they thought it failed. It really didn't. You have to read the book or watch the screenplay to figure that part out. But anyway, he sends them on this epic road trip from uh, Warm Springs, Georgia, from the little White House at Warm Springs, Georgia, all the way to Area 51. And, and you and the viewers, the listeners, they get to find out what is really going on at area 51. I mean, this is your chance. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, for those of you out there that are going to email me about this interview, yes, I am going to mention this 1942. And you all heard me talk about this a couple months ago on a show battle of Los Angeles. Now, what does that mean? 1942 battle of Los Angeles. Go, go Google a little bit of this, because when you start to look at what was happening in 1942, for those of you out there, that really not has to do quite with World War II, you find some of the most fascinating discoveries. And just, just for those of you that want to, yeah, Battle of Los Angeles was not about war. It was about a very fascinating event that happened in Los Angeles, where they thought the military thought they were being attacked and they thought they were being attacked by another country. Lo and behold, what they found was that was not what was going on. And there was a response to what they saw in the sky. And that's what I want to say to you. And, and, and we're going to jump right back into the book because see what you've tapped into, uh, Kevin, uh, you've tapped in, to a level of consciousness now. Have you heard the expression, the genie's out of the bottle? Oh, sure. Yeah, the genie's out of the bottle. And what you've done is you're the genie that has taken this out of the bottle and presented um, a book series and Bad Love Tigers in particular that so aligns with events of the time. So do you find that that's what makes this so cool and interesting? Because... 
yes, we have to call it, what do we have to call it? Sci-fi. But the reality of something like this actually happening becomes so vivid for people, right? Well, right. This really is. And, and you, you know this from uh, our prior interviews that really this book series is historical fiction with a twist of science fiction. And that twist is time travel. Yes. It takes you back and in front of, you know, people in history, you know, like Roosevelt and, and Truman. It, it takes you back in front of these uh, presidents and these famous people, Albert Einstein, and, and <laughs> it makes it real. I mean, it's like you're there. But it's also taking history and applying it to where we are in the present. And, and it's being led by a group of teenagers. And so I, and there is some, there are a couple of adults that are in the mix here. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, you had me at Einstein. <laughs> because, I mean, when you think about this and you think about people, like Einstein or like the Einstein, shall I say, because there were really many of them during this era. There were so many scientists that came to the forefront in ways that people didn't expect. So it makes total sense for me. But what I love most is the characters in the book. You know, when we're talking about these young adults, because that's what we have to reference them at, they're so reflective of the depth and the breadth of an amazement that would happen to young adults that's, that come across and stumble upon something so powerful as a time machine. And, I, and you know, what I love about this, you know, you know Dr. Shuey, what I love about this is, you know, there are a lot of books about teenagers that stumble upon things and maybe kind of become heroes. But these, these young people become hero warriors. You see what I'm saying? That's a little bit different to me. Am I, is that a correct analysis? Is that a correct description? Yeah, they do. And, and not only that, you know, they, they put in general, they, they're certainly afraid of some of the <laughs> uh, things that they face. But in general, they put fear aside and they keep moving forward. And, you know, um, I think it was Walt Disney that uh, that's a quote from Walt, Walt Disney himself. He said, keep moving forward. And I think that's, you know, one of the beauties of this ragtag group yeah. of teenagers is and they depend upon each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, and they all have they all have individual uh, personality sets. And so. The cool thing is that as you get to know the characters, and they all have, you know, nicknames. I mean, I'm 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 the narrator of the book series or the screenplay, and I'm I'm Bubble Butt, and so, <laughs> but that was that was my nickname growing up. And but we have Goondoggy and Crazy Ike and the Pud and and Crisco and Cleopatra and Bucky and I mean, you know, and and so these people. They have a trait that, you know, all of us are different. You're different than me, than, than the next person. So there's enough of a variety here that somebody reading this or watching this when it becomes a movie, they'll be able to identify and latch on to one of these characters and say, that's me. Yeah. You know, that, 
that was me when I was a teenager. Yeah. And I think that that that's going to be one of the beauties of, of this when it hits the big screen. Yeah. That in the soundtrack. <laughs> well, Bad Love Tiger starts with "You're So Vain" I by know. Carly Simon. I mean, how good is that? You know, I, I was going to ask you about that. I'm going to ask you about it now. Okay, so "You're So Vain" has been—I mean, there are other songs, right? But that is one song that has been so mysterious for people. They wanted to always know who was she talking about, and then. It became, you're talking about your ex, you're talking about your politicians, you're talking about evil world leaders. You know what I'm saying? People took that song and Uh they took it and they overlaid it on like everything, (laughs) everybody that they ran into, right? Do you remember it? When that song came out and we're like, oh, my God, that is definitely my ex. I oh, know, sure. I, like- <laughs> I mean, everybody thought it was Warren Beatty, right? I yes. Mean- <laughs> I don't think but, she's ever know. said. Has she ever said? I don't think she's ever said who it really was. It was yeah, fascinating. She, uh, she's been pretty good about not revealing yeah. the, the but because I think it's that mystique that's kept it alive so long. I mean, my goodness, she. There's a great, uh, on YouTube, there's a great video of her singing that song live. And it had to be like out in Santa Barbara or something. It was right, mm-hmm. it was right on a bay and there's a boat going by in the background. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, tell the listeners, you know, go on YouTube and watch that video of You're So Vain. It'll oh. just take you, it'll take you right back there. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm there. I'm, it's, I'm, you know, it's 1972. <laughs> so. I, and, you know, look, I, I want to ask you a couple of things. As usual, I'm always stunned by what you write. Yes, we're talking about a screenplay, but it started with your idea, imagination, and writing. I spent coming out of the gate, and I'm sitting here, and chapter one, right? And I'm, I'm always eager to see how you start these books, Kevin, right? I'm always uh, like, what is he going to start the book with? Uh-huh. So I come over here and I said, oh, the Big Bang, 1975. <gasps> and I thought, so I was immediately projected back. I don't think you know this about me. I worked at Bell Labs. I was an entry-level male pusher at Bell Labs. And oh. I happened to be given the private secret. I mean, I don't know why they gave this to me. I was such a crazy child. Um but I happen to be given the, the secret scientist people building 14 and building 15. Nobody goes to. I had bagels with Arno Penzias, the Big Bang guy. Wow. The reason that I have a PhD today is one reason. I looked at these people, and at the end of the mail, I gave them, it said PhD. They were the funnest people. I learned how to play ping pong. I learned how to juggle. And I thought, PhD, I'm going to start. <laughs> but the quote you start out with, I have thought about this quote. And out of everything you picked, I said, why did he pick this quote? Can I read it? I'm sure, just tell I'd everybody. love for you too. You, you I'd love for to. You too. Yeah, because people don't know this about Einstein. So I'm going to read this quote. Are you ready, everybody? 
I know not with what weapons World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. Wow. Out of everything you could have picked to come out of the gate, this particular quote has so much insight. What does it mean to you? Well, it means that we can't allow World War III to happen, Pat. Yeah. yeah. You can't, you, you have to learn from the past. We've already had one and two. We just don't have to have World War III. It's yeah. not necessary or needed or wanted. We need to do, we need to be proactive and learn from the past and all the mistakes of the past and not make them again. Because mm -hmm. once the nukes start to fly, the game is over. Mm. It, it's over. And so we just can't, we can't allow that to happen. Um, I, you know, one of my favorite movies, which is an oldie, is War Games. You remember oh, yeah. that movie? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. studied War Games when I was in my master's program. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but that movie had such a great message. Yeah. You know, they played the game any. You had a supercomputer playing the game every way it possibly could. And at the end of the day, you know what? There's no winner. Mm -hmm. There's just no one wins. Mm -hmm. Everyone loses. It's a Greek tragedy. It Everybody's is. on the stage and drops dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. What I love about you and what you've done, and if, pe if you all do not understand how to get this, let's just take a minute. Let's tell folks how they get the books, but how there's a video they can watch. There's a great trailer. There's so much. How do people find out about this? I want them to get the experience of what I've had. What's the best way for them to do that, Kevin? So, you know, you can go to my website. It's www.kevinshuey.com. So it's kevinshuey.com is my website. And it does, it has all the trailers on there. You can go to the buy tab and It'll take you to Barnes and Noble or Amazon. The books are available on hardcover, paperback. Mm -hmm. um, they're even on uh, Amazon Audible. All yeah. four books are on Audible now. You yes. can listen to them. And and I would encourage people to um, go to at Real Kevin Shuey on Instagram or TikTok. Yeah. So I I've been very active at my publisher's demands to be of on course. Instagram. <laughs> And my Instagram, and I, I don't know, if I, I follow you on Instagram, Pat, but um, if you go to my Instagram page and start looking, all of those um, reels are to music. And we've been talking about the yes. soundtracks. You're going to get a flavor for what this music is like just by going to at Real Kevin Shuey and following me on Instagram. It's a yeah. Please go ahead and do that because there's much more to come. You know, Kevin, I know you've got to run. I know these are short. And I want to say I, I love that the audio, the audio version of the books are available. I love the audio versions. I want to just say to people, uh, I want to spell Kevin's last name because I I, I don't want you to not get there. Shuey is S-C-H-E-W-E. -E. Now, here's what I want to kind of wrap this up with, because I don't want to just monopolize all your time. But there's another quote in the book, and I wrote it down. So honestly, I don't know which chapter it's from, but I do have the exact quote. 
And it's about Roosevelt. Roosevelt, Roosevelt, however you say it. Sure. But this is the quote. I love this quote. I can't believe you even put this in here. It is what my network is based on. This quote is what we built the Transformation Network on. We have always held to the hope, the belief, the conviction that there is a better life, a better world beyond the horizon. That is what we have got to hold on to now. That is a powerful quote you've included. Does that say it all, Kevin? Well, it sure does, um, because uh, we've really touched on it pretty good here this uh, in this interview mm-hmm. today that, you know, we have to look at the past and learn from it. Otherwise, um, why look at the past <laughs> if you're, if you're not, not going to learn from it? And so that's that's what makes the older I get the more mm-hmm. real history becomes. And I, 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 and I love that about growing, uh, actually getting older. There are a few benefits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I say the benefit of getting older is wisdom. And, yeah. you know, I, and people have debated that with me. They've said, not everybody gets old and wise. I said, let me just say to you, I don't know a person that has gotten that has not gotten older and wiser. Um, You may not be the wise that you are evaluating, but that's my sense of what happens through your stories, through your imagination. Definitely people love this green writing because there's there's the element of hope, but there's the element of wisdom. There's the element of learning. There's the element of, wait a minute. Let's reflect. Hit the pause button before you send that tweet. I want to thank you, Kevin, for everything. Um, I, I, there's so much more we could talk about. Tell people about what's next for you, what's next for the book, and you know where your vision goes from here. Well, book number five is called Bad Love Rising. I oh. have it. I have it outlined. Um, I can tell you, I know that you're going to enjoy this uh, book number five when it comes out, Pat. Yeah. It won't be until sometime next year because mm-hmm. I'm so busy with the screenplay mm-hmm. for the for Bad Love Tigers that we're talking about right now. Um, but it will prominently feature uh, JFK. Mm-hmm. You know, J- mm-hmm. JFK, JFK was, um, you know, he was a cornerstone of America's space program. And, um, you know, he had the vision to put men on the moon. And anyway, I, I'll yeah. leave it at that. But yeah, um, oh, bad, I'm so glad you're going to do that. The Bad Love Gang will be directly interfacing <laughs> with JFK and Bad Love Rising. So, uh, hey, can I can I read a quote to you? Yes, you were I was, quoting? please. And so this is. And, and, you know, something, Pat, sometimes, you know, things happen because of destiny. But in, in the very the first book is called Bad Love Strikes. And yes. in, in, in every chapter of every book, I start with a quote. And the very first quote is from Albert Einstein in book one. And he says, the only reason for time is so that everything doesn't happen at once. <laughs> Now, we were talking about growing older and gaining wisdom. And so if it weren't for the physics property of time, we wouldn't have that opportunity to grow in wisdom because you can't you can't grow in wisdom if everything happens at once. Right. 
Oh, so true. Thank you for sharing that. I'm excited about where this is going. And by the way, if you ever want to talk to me on how the casting should go for this. For this, just call me. Just call me. I have to tell you, there are some amazing, amazing new young actors that have just hitting the world now. Um, And not just from our country, but from other countries. It's just amazing the talent that you now see and what they bring forward to the screen. It just blows you away in so many ways. Um, And, you know, I want to say this to you. There's something happening where people want to go and revisit the past, Kevin. How do you know it? Well, when people like Rooney Mara decide, I'm going to get the rights to Audrey Hepburn and I'm going to do her. And most people say, who's Audrey Hepburn? You feel me right there? Yeah. But you see her vision in that. Or you're looking at Gail Godot, who says, I did a film called Something on the Nile, Murder on the Nile, and something touched me. And now I have to tell the true story of Cleopatra. So you see the energy of wanting to really bring to light the past. I think, Kevin, what you're doing is reminding us of a past that so many people, one, don't even know about, and two, want to forget. And I have to thank you for doing that. Well, you're welcome. And I'm going to stay the course. Um, I'm so excited about all this and I just keep getting reinforcement. I mean, uh, the screenplay and the, the adventure of winning these awards Mm -hmm. is just, Oh my goodness. It's just breathtaking. And, uh, uh, does make, uh, it does make my life so much better. On our daily team calendar for my organization, you're going to be shocked when you hear this. Every day it says, stay the course. <laughs> Every day. Dr. Kevin Chewy, everybody. Kevin, one more time. Website, please. Yep. It's uh, www.kevinchewy.com. And um, check it out. Watch some of the trailers and follow me mm. at Real Kevin Chewy on Instagram. I love it. Kevin, thank you so much. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. You've been listening, but are you watching? Tune in to your favorite shows on the Transformation Talk Radio Facebook page. We stream live video podcasts every day, and we love to hear from you. Leave comments and questions for the host to address live, on the air, and get to know the faces behind the voices you love. Just go to Facebook and search for Transformation Talk Radio. Yeah, yippee skippy to that, baby. Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. Sarah Magruder Lyle, president and CEO of Common Ground Alliance, is joining me here today. Now, you all may be thinking, what are we going to be talking about with them? I'm going to tell you this, and I learned this from my own experience. You have to learn about the dangers of digging underground. You have to learn about what it is you're doing. So many of us right now are thinking, let me save some money here. Let me go do this myself. Let me go, let me go rent that front loader. That let me do it. Let me do it. Here's what I'm going to tell everybody today. But I think you're going to want to hear from her. She's an expert. She is the one. Here's what you want to know. I did this. And here I was, brand new home five acres, 
really excited about landscaping and rented the machinery, started to, yep, going to put in the big trees. <laughs> Imagine me, right, everybody? Are you ready? And I'm on this piece of equipment and I take that front end of that piece of equipment and I just right in the ground because that's where the tree was going to go. So here's the good news for you all. The good news is this. I didn't try to do it with a pick. What you're going to hear about today is why you don't do what I did. Because the next thing I knew, the ground started smoking. I started to pull something up. And the entire power grid went out. Why? One, I didn't do what Sarah's about to tell you today. And number two, even if you do it, you really need to make sure that your landscape and topsoil hasn't changed. Sarah, what do you think about that little story to kick this show off? <laughs> well, um, first, I'm very happy that you're okay. Oh, my gosh, me too. Like you hit a power line, but you've uh, almost told my entire story. So um, <laughs> it is critically important that you contact 811 a few days prior to digging um, for the very reason that you just pointed out. Um, you could seriously harm yourself. You could harm, um, you know, your family. Um, you can cause damage to infrastructure, and you can, you know, at an inconvenience, uh, knock out the fiber to your house um, and not have internet for a day or more catastrophically, which you did, um, knock out an entire power grid, um, which is certainly not what we want to do. And in certain circumstances, you can cause fatalities. Certainly, you were very fortunate since you were on a piece of machinery um, that nothing, you know, there were no arcs or sparks that ignited a fire. So um, I'm very glad you're safe. But all the more reason you should always contact 811 a few days before yeah. digging. And, you know, that's why I was so excited to talk with you because everybody's got their heart in the right place. Can we just acknowledge that, Sarah, for a moment? Um, yeah. You know, all, everybody, all y'all listening, we know your heart's in the right place. We know that you're trying to do some things maybe on your property or help another person. We know your heart's in the right place. But we also know that there are some things you should know today from Sarah. Um, And let's start to talk about it because, Sarah, even with the best intention, even if you have somebody tell you where the, where the, where the, where where are the cables, where are the wire, where are the underground, where are the utility, even if you, even if somebody comes in and does that, in my case, we were not aware that they removed the topsoil after they buried it. So this is a good news, bad news story. But from your perspective, tell us. Really, what is and what are some of the underpinnings going on here that people should know about, especially when we're talking about, you know, the damages and the costs? Well, and, and, you know, you bring up a good point, which is, you know, the ground moves. And so (laughs) the the number one reason that we hear uh, that people didn't call was either um, I wasn't digging deep enough or I already knew where the utilities were. And neither of those um, are a good idea, because if we knew where the lines were, we wouldn't be having dig-ins. And to your point, um, things can move. I mean, there's weather, there's, you know, we've, a lot of uh, parts of the nation have gotten a lot of rain lately. If there's been construction and the ground has shifted, um, even if you've had your lines marked before, you should have them marked every time. And the great thing about contacting 811 is that it is a free service. 
So when you contact 811 a few days prior to digging, your local 811 center will ensure that those who have um, utilities in your dig site will come out and mark them. And then you know where you need to be careful when you dig. Um, almost 35 million homeowners in our most recent survey earlier this year said they did not plan on calling 811 prior to digging. Mm-hmm. And that is a concerning number because even if you're doing something significant, like you said, with a piece of heavy machinery or just putting in a new flower bed, you really need to contact 811 to make sure that you're not digging near something that could be harmful to you or your family. And, and you know, let's talk about this for a minute, because even the best intention people don't know what they don't know, Sarah, is that right? Now, before we go a little bit further here, I know these are short interviews, let's make sure everybody has the website where they can look things up, perhaps that we're not going to get to talk to today. What's the best place for people to go? If you go to 811beforeyoudig.com, you can find out about the entire digging process Mm -hmm. and how to be safe. And you can also find out the specifics um, about your state laws and requirements. So, um, you know, generally most states require that you contact 811 a few days before digging. It can be as little as two. Um, It can be several days. Sometimes it depends um, what the state law requires. So I encourage you to go to 811beforeyoudig.com and learn how to be safe mm-hmm. while you're digging and find out the specifics in your state. You know, I want to talk a minute, Sarah. You know, you, it's very interesting. I, I, I've been following sort of your life path journey here. And, you know, this is not new to you. You have been engaged and involved in infrastructure. And, and I don't just mean you know, us talking to people about homeowners. I'm talking about infrastructure at a more global level, at a more national level. Um, and, you know, this is something that is part of who you are. You know, you've built leadership campaigns, partnerships, stakeholder groups. You've kind of done that. You know, what concerns you most, having said that now, and what we're talking about today, where, what's your radar on right now? I want to make sure that everybody goes home to their family at night. Mm. Um, there is a, you know, a huge push to, um, you know, build new infrastructure in this country. Um, there's a lot of fiber going in the ground right now. And, you know, underground is getting congested. And that is all the more reason that we need to make sure we're contacting 811 prior to digging. Um you want to make sure that you keep you and your family and your community safe. And it is simply just not worth the risk to not call. It's the number one reason um, that underground utilities are damaged is because the digger didn't contact 811. And it is the easiest step to make sure that those utilities are protected and that mm-hmm. you keep you and your family and your community connected. Yeah. You know, I think what we're talking about here is when people are listening to this, you know, what I want to say to them is really echo what you've done and what you're bringing out in this message. But I really want to make sure everybody knows is that even the best intentions, even if you think you know, even if you see some kind of flag in the ground or some kind of yellow line or something, it's just a phone call that you could make to be sure. Um, and that is so important. You know, there's other things also, I think, involved in this, Sarah, and I, I don't want to really kind of put people, you know, 
in a fear mode, but I will tell you this, I was very fortunate that I did not have to pay the expenses of that damage. And the only reason I didn't have to pay it is because we did discover that they literally put a cable like that eight inches below the topsoil, right? And you and I both know uh, the state that I was in, it was a three foot requirement, but that cable was eight inches. Anybody could have gotten, no one would have figured that out. You know what I'm saying? But many people don't realize that, you know, there are significant costs and damages, not just to you and your, your bodily self, but just be aware of some of these other, what should we call them? These other ripple effect kinds of things, right? That's right, Dr. Pat. And, you know, um, you know, $30 billion is an annual co- societal cost annually um, for the damages that we have. And I am so sorry, Dr. Pat, but I think we have uh, to move on to another live feed. But I Good. really appreciate your time. Just give um, out that website one more time. Absolutely. It's 811beforeyoudig.com. All right, everybody, please check it out. You know what to do. Sarah, thank you so much. Let's take a short break. Thank you. For your meditation, choose a position that allows you to relax. So either sitting up with your back supported so it can be nice and straight or lying down flat on your back if that's comfortable for you. However, you can really just relax. And we're just going to start by letting your eyes close and letting your breath begin to take over in your awareness. So that means maybe you're elongating your breath a little bit or maybe you're just noticing it. You're just noticing where you feel it in your body. So just being with your breath. Either following it along in your body or guiding it to a place in your body where you want it to go. Maybe noticing places where you are holding tension in your body and inviting a little bit of openness by directing your breath there. Maybe releasing tension from the shoulders or the belly, the jaw, the forehead, neck. We're gonna begin to guide the breath up and down the center channel of the body. Just imagining your breath flowing from the tip of your tailbone all the way up to the crown of your head on the inhale and then exhaling it back down to the tailbone. A few like that. And then we're gonna bring the earth in. So as you breathe in, you're actually breathing in now from the earth up into the tailbone, all the way up into the crown. And then you're breathing out from the sky all the way down through the crown and into the earth. And so we're going to keep now inviting the earth and the sky into your breath process and feeling the earth come into the heart. Feeling the sky come into the heart. 
And if you're not feeling these things or you don't know what to do, just imagine it. It actually works wonders. That's part of the magic. And now allow your breath to be focused in the heart, feeling the heart begin to expand. And feeling the solar plexus below the heart also begin to expand. Somewhere in this space of the solar plexus and the heart, there is a spark of light that really is your soul's essence. It's who you really are, why you're really here. And I want you to bring your breath to that spark, wherever you imagine it might be living in your body, and let your breath expand the light of that spark. So as you breathe, this light of your soul's essence gets bigger and it begins to fill your entire body. Every cell has this light. And the light becomes so big that it doesn't even fit in your body anymore and it begins to fill your energetic field, the space surrounding your body. And so just breathing this light, feeling it bathe you. And now imagining anything that it may be giving you trouble, causing you concern in your life. You can either bring that into your light field or extend your light field out so far that it holds those things too. And so we're just practicing bringing your true soul's essence, this magic that is already inside you, to your world and to the things that you interact with. Letting them be in your light. And this is not a meditation that needs to stop when you go out into the world. This feeling of your light is something that you can take with you into every interaction, into every situation. You do not have to have your eyes closed to do it. All you need to do is to be able to feel that little spark and enhance it and expand it with your breath. So just take another minute to really feel that light of your soul's essence of who you really are. It doesn't have to be clear to you in words. The feeling is what we're after. And if you imagine something that's giving you concern coming into that light, how does it shift? How does it transform? Is there some place in your body that's been aching that wants some extra light, send the light there. Let the light take over your brain, take over your eyes, take over your heart. It's just you, it's nothing outside you, it's just your truth. And now you can start to deepen your breath bringing your awareness back to your physical body, but not losing that light, not losing the feeling of who you really are. 
And you can open your eyes and join us back here. Hopefully you're feeling a little, a little bit, if not a lot more magical than you were a few moments ago, minutes ago. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.